0: I've heard that from multiple gym owners like me and this guy we're buddies me and this guy we're brothers me and this guy we're cousins and we're both coaches we should go into business together so i'm here to tell you do not you need to have different strengths you need to complement each other one's really good at marketing and sales the other one's good at coaching something like that to really go in and have a strong partnership as an
1: optimist you have to really start looking at what's the downside because we are optimists and we do believe in ourselves and we do believe that we'll figure it out and we do and here's a big mistake. We believe that people have the same integrity, the same character, the same rationalizations that we make. That We think that they live inside of that world and they don't. People don't think like you do. So you just have to realize that when we talk about the dark side of the fitness industry is the fact that we're all different. It's a blessing and a curse. The greatest thing in our business is people and the hardest thing in our business is people. That's just the cold hard truth.
0: Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. hello hello welcome everybody to another episode of the fitness empire podcast super excited to do this episode it's going to be treading in some troublesome waters we're going to be going into some controversial subjects today and and as i'm joined by my co-host matt wilbur and so we're going to be talking about the dark side of gym ownership and so the subjects nobody wants to touch we're going to go there we're going to go a little controversial today because Honestly, our objective is to share things that happen in business that not enough people share. Everybody's taking pictures of the Lamborghinis and the the great lifestyle, but they don't talk enough about the pains of being an entrepreneur and the hard stuff that happens and the things that sometimes you can't tell your clients or tell the world because you got to play the game and the way it is. You can't throw somebody under the bus. You'll get in major legal trouble. So we're not planning to do that. We're planning to just share Stories and just warn gym owners to essentially heed these warnings, and it's because these things could happen to you. Stuff that you can plan for. Unexpected things happen, and so we just want to share as many of them with you guys so that you can be armed and prepared for these these situations that show up in business. Matt, you excited to do this, man?
1: I'm excited. I'm not really excited because you have <laughs> yeah. to go back down memory lane, lane of good all good. the bad <laughs> stuff that have happened over the last decade for me. But the reason why we're willing to touch this topic is a lot of people feel like, oh, this only happens to me and we start victimizing ourselves and we think we're the only ones that this is happening to. But we are dealing with human beings. Our entire business is, is human beings. Our coaches are humans. We are humans. Our clients are humans. And at the heart of it, human beings are flawed. We make mistakes. We do dumb stuff. When we're stressed, when we go into survival mode, we start doing dumb things. We make short-term decisions. We don't think about the long-term game sometimes. And then when you're under the influence, which will be a topic that we talk about today, you really start making mistakes, especially when you start talking about younger coaches and they don't know how to handle themselves in certain types of situations. So part of this too is some of this is not preventable, but we want to let you know that we've been there. We've done that. We've eaten the crap sandwiches just like you've eaten the crap sandwiches But some of it is preventable with good leadership, with good communication. So some of the stories we'll share, we'll say, hey, this is how you can minimize it. This is how you can potentially prevent it. And some of it is just going to happen. But then what's the mindset that you need to have so that you stay focused, you stay on mission, you stay on growing your business, you don't allow it to affect you, affect your state, affect your business. So we're going to cover that at the very end because everything in life is having the right mindset. And we're going to equip you to have the right mindset because it is going to happen. The storms will come, but you are in control of your mindset, which then eventually means that you're in control of the outcomes that you have in your life and your business.
0: Love it. So one thing that we want to just start this off with is guys, do this to protect yourself, to protect your reputation, your business. The more things that you can do to just set your business up to be protected from some of the things we're going to share is just going to make your business just be in a place of power versus when you get caught off guard, you feel weak, you lose sleep, you feel like, why didn't I see that coming? And so we want to just set you up to be in a place of strength. And that's why we want to get on here and talk about these uncomfortable subjects. So we're going to dive into them. Matt, I'm going to let you take point and hit one first, and then we're going to go back and forth and share war stories with the listeners.
1: I know if you've been in this industry long enough, you probably have all faced this, but having coaches sleep with clients, the worst cases for us have been coaches sleeping with married clients with Mm -hmm. kids. Obviously that is a absolute non-negotiable for us and leads to firing them, but it causes a lot of drama, a lot of, especially if you're running a large group, There's just a lot of rumor mills, a lot of behind the scenes, text messages, emails. Did you hear what happened? And now that junk is associated with your gym. One of the ways that you can prevent this to a degree and really minimize that is this needs to be a day one talk that you have in your orientation process, talking about what are the non-negotiables inside of your business? Our industry is young male driven. Young males are driven by testosterone, right? And then you have clients, unfortunately, this is the first time that maybe they're starting to get in shape and they're getting lots of attention by young fellas and they start pursuing the coaches. It's not that the coaches are pursuing the clients. The clients actually start pursuing the coaches and them feeling equipped that, how do I have these conversations? How do I protect myself? But even opening the door to your coaches that say, hey, if anything starts to cross the line a little bit, or there starts to be some feelings, we want to know, not because we're going to fire you, but because we want to be able to figure out how do we navigate the situation together? Because sometimes the feelings are so strong that they're just willing to risk everything for that. And some of the downside effects could actually be prevented with proper communication. A good example of this was one of our, coaches used to date, like way back in the day, used to date a different client. And then they got rekindled because he started working there and she was already a client. But he came to us and said, Hey, here's the situation. Things are starting to get a little bit more serious. I want to just keep you all in the loop. And then we made some stuff to to make it better. That client actually had to leave the gym, which was way better than the alternative So we had that client leave the gym and then eventually he left and they got married. Mm -hmm. But it didn't cause the drama that normally happens if a coach is sleeping with a client because he felt that, hey, I can come to them and let them know what's happening because we had that open dialogue on the front end. Hey, if this ever happens or this begins to happen, we need to know or else the if you go behind or back it ends up happening, you're just going to get fired. So we don't want that to happen. And then that as a business owner, you start to feel a little bit more in control. Has it prevented every situation? No, I can think of four or five situations where it's been very detrimental that's happened. And we've just had to let people go. It sucks. It hurts the clients. It hurts your culture. It hurts morale. It creates this drama but a lot of it can be prevented with open communication with expectations of what are non-negotiables. And then when it does happen, because it will happen in our industry, how do you handle it? You're equipping them before it happens. So being proactive leaders versus reactive leaders makes a massive difference. Yeah, and
0: I would say... If this is something you have not done, it is okay to go back and revisit. Like Matt's saying, when you first hire them, set these expectations in place, it's okay to do it with your team that you have now and say, Hey guys, I failed to mention this and I just want to do it now. And so it's funny because well, it's not funny, but I've had the same experience. I think actually fitness is known for a lot of this. There is a lot of trainers getting sexually involved with their clients. And it's because yes, you are pouring into this person knowledge and encouragement and what if they're not getting that from their husband but this other man at the gym does and so the difference is he's being paid to encourage you i'm sure he does still in his bones believe in you and think you're awesome and sees the positive but when you just get it day after day from somebody and then you go home and the other person just pointing out what you're doing wrong and you're not doing this right you can see how the influence starts to lean towards that trainer and i've had it too where unfortunately again same thing trainers slept with married women and we had to address that immediately. Number one, we had to tell the clients that, that were with the trainer, they have to go. And this is tough because what proof do you have? It's not like, we don't have cameras on these people. It's just like somebody finally spoke up and you find out and you have multiple sources. But that, that's why I think those rumor mills go around. And so we unfortunately had to have the client leave and revoke the membership and say that's not possible. And then and then the same thing with the coach. So that that's a one and done. You sleep with a client, that like we have to move fast no matter how awesome you are and we lost a lot we lost dozens of clients with that trainer because they're so popular but then i came to find out multiple people came over and said that hey there was advances done on me there was times they were coaching me physically and it was like getting a little sketchy I was like this is going beyond being a trainer and so guys the big word here is professionalism like you are doing something that's very intimate you're getting in people's space they're in. I'm just say sexual positions. They're down on their hands and knees. They're sticking their butt towards you. They're laying down and they're doing a hip thrust and they're thrusting in the sky. Like this is an uncomfortable thing, and this is something I even learned in the Girls Gone Strong certification. If a woman went through some major sexual trauma, again, God forbid, she's been raped or sexually assaulted. If a guy gets too close to her, it can trigger her make her feel uncomfortable. So like they're talking about if someone's on the ground in that like hip thrust position and the guy's standing over her or like grabbing her stomach without her permission to spot her on a pushup or grabbing the glutes to say, hey, fire glutes on your deadlift. Like no permission was given. You can't be doing this stuff and you got to be super particular. And at the workshops I used to run for coaches, I would say your safety zone is the outside of the body, the the joints, the the shoulders, the elbows, the hips, the knees, all the stuff where it gets out of the question is when you go in the front of the body, obviously the chest, and then like you're grabbing their glutes from behind. That's all off limits. So again, just stay away from touching areas that would put in their head that you're making a move on them and just be a professional trainer.
1: And you can notice it too. Like some of your coaches are a little too feely. Address it. Yes, Like you need to address it immediately because it can lead to bad things. But also some clients to Dustin's point could feel that uncomfortableness, but they're not saying anything, but then they cancel. And you're like, why did that person cancel? That person was here all the time. They're a great client. They speak highly of our business. It's because the coaches made them feel uncomfortable. And sometimes that stuff comes out way later. And then when it comes out way later, it's not one person. It's a lot of people. That are talking about it. So address that right away. There is no room for, we'll just call it sexuality in the group training space. Be a professional, make people feel safe. They're not a piece of meat. And you will feel that energy from some of your coaches. It goes to one of my things go with your gut. If you feel like that person's got any level of ickiness to them whatsoever, they do. Now, imagine if you feel that when you're around, imagine what they're doing when you're not around and imagine what messages, emails, and different things that they are doing. Like I had one coach, he was sending, it was Snapchat was popular. We had a younger girl, like 18, 19, 20 years old. And I found out he was sending her like half naked Snapchats. And this guy was just a little off, right? He had a master's degree, all this education like, said everything to your face that you want to hear. But there was just something off about the guy. And it was just kind of every time I got around him, I'm like, something's not right. But it wasn't one of those things that you just like, Oh, that's what it is. There's just yeah. something wasn't right. And guess what, there was something really not right. And then once that person was let go, then you get Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. So Listen to your gut. If one of your coaches is over touchy, over feely, over, and it just doesn't seem right, or they give lots of attention to the pretty girls, not your actual average client, let's just say middle aged women that have a little bit of weight to lose. They seem to always gravitate to the younger, pretty girls that are in really good shape, and they just can't seem to not. Be coaching them or challenging them, right? That is a massive red flag. One, it's not even good for your business in the sense of the people that really need the attention aren't getting the attention. But guess what? All those clients also notice it and they are turned off by it and they're not going to respect your business. So just keep in mind, do that stuff. I would encourage you every once in a while, take a session. And don't just take a session to take a session, take the session to watch your coaches and how they behave. You will be amazed at what you start catching and then go with your gut and take action with your gut. One thing that you may want to consider is putting some cameras in your facility too, so that every once in a while you can just go watch some film. And especially have, if you have an inkling that a coach, something's off, you'll be able to catch it because they're going to behave a lot differently when you're not in the building than when when you are in the building. That's just the truth.
0: Another one that I was going to address, you mentioned people getting into a marriage. that happened to me, but I actually had two team members get married. Now, these were people who've been on my team a long time. At that point, it was like over four years. And here's what I'll give them that was the right thing. They came to me and told me before there was any sign that they were in a relationship and so i was willing to have them sign like a relationship disclosure agreement that just basically says they're not going to show any favoritism because one was a little bit more admin so she has power over the schedule and payroll so could she give him a few more hours and then another one's a coach and so he could stay with her the whole time on the floor and like you brought up earlier it's this person he's interested i had him sign that i put firm rules in place there will be no favoritism you can't politic for one another if one gets let go before performance reasons, like there won't be any, like you being disgruntled again, it's easy to say this. You don't know until it happens. I'm happy to yeah. say they went through, they got married and they're both still on my team and they're both two of the highest performers on our team. So I wanted to point that things can go good, but things can also go terribly wrong. And those were just some steps I put in place. It's just lots of expectations, lots of the paperwork, that relation disclosure document, And so luckily, again, the right people came together.
1: Never assume people know what the right thing to do is. So we had a similar situation a few times, actually. We just have a rule that basically you can't work with somebody that you're dating or you're married to. The married to is a little bit different. We allowed it at one location, and I think they actually performed way better together because the person that they're married to is there and they don't want to look like a low performer. So I think it actually provided an extra level of accountability for them. And then they're on the same schedule. So it wasn't affecting their life. But dating, as soon as we find out that they're going to start dating, obviously we tell them like, Hey, we, you need to let us know that if something starts happening, let us know. But we have multiple locations. So we move coaches so that they're not doing that because especially if they're young in a relationship, right? Like a lot of there's a lot of learning curves for a lack of a better word. When you're starting to to date each other and work in the same environment, it's not good. And then it also just starts causing rumor mills and different things inside of the facility. And then if they're having relationship issues, it's going to show up in your facility. And we don't want that. That yeah. is a real thing. That one's not as bad to, to navigate, but I would just say, what are your rules and what are your policies ahead of time? Not. It's never going to happen to me, so I'm not going to worry about it. It will happen to you, I promise. So start thinking about what is your rules and policies ahead of time, and then communicate them, hopefully on day one, especially what your non-negotiables are. And then when things do happen, you actually have a plan for them.
0: Yes, Me and Matt know a lot of gym owners, and I can tell you, this is happens in a lot of gyms. It's not just him and mine. He's right. Definitely put those measures in place all right we're gonna move on to the next one i'll go here on this one and that is people being under the influence at work again like major no-no can't have that so again it happened to me multiple times with multiple coaches showing up running a session and you could look in their eyes and see like they're that they had alcohol in their system again they had to drive there so that's definitely an issue and then they're now coaching sessions Here's again, like Matt brought up earlier, it looks terrible on your business. Clients can tell. Embarrassing the person, it's embarrassing the clients, it's embarrassing your business. I was not on site. I was called immediately by another team member, went there, immediately took them off the floor, had another person run the sessions. And that to me, again, this is how I run my ship. That is a major immediate termination. Like you can't do a write-up on something like that. And here's, this is the young foolish Dustin. I had it the first time happen. It was a slap on the wrist. It was don't do it again. It happened again within a week. And so it's like, obviously, somebody that's struggling with that is a a problem. People need to go get help if they can't control their liquor and they have to go and drink always every day. That person had to end up going and getting medical help. And thank God they did. And their life is turned around. The separate incident at that time, I knew because it happened the first time. And that I was like, I'm not going to play this game. It's immediately gone. And again, another very popular coach, lost dozens of clients over it, huge issue. But these are the things that like Matt said, I didn't, I'll fess up to you guys right here. I didn't have that, put it in the on the front end. And that's why I got what I deserved by not putting those expectations. So again, eat our warnings, don't fall prey to this, put these in their ear from on the onboarding stage so that you don't have to go through this pain. That, Matt, they may think that, it's
1: not a big deal, right? Like they- yeah again, sometimes people just, they make mistakes. They're not thinking correctly. They're like, oh, I had a couple of drinks the night before. I'm fine. I'm good. It's not a big deal. Like I do this all the time, but it's not acceptable inside of our business. I had one, one person only that I'm know of. I know some other people have probably come in hung over and not in the right mental state, but obviously if you're not seeing it and it's not being reported, then yeah. Obviously, you're not going to go in on that. I know that's probably happened way more than I would ever like to believe, but we did have one coach come in completely drunk. Thankfully, we have three coaches on the floor at one time. And they ended up having to pull that person into the back office to sleep it off. And then a client took that person home to sleep it off. Wow. And obviously, immediate, immediately gone. That just the way it is. But Here's the kicker. When that person interviewed our HR person, this person opened up about their problems and their issues and the stuff that they've been battling. And we hired the person anyways. And when I questioned our HR person, why did we hire them if they told it? I've had other struggles too, and I've struggled with things. So it would be hypocritical of me not to give this person a chance. And then here's the other kicker. Because that person opened up to us that they had a problem, they went to rehab, and if they wanted their job back, we were going to have to give them their job back because they're a protected class and because they told us that they had a problem during the interview. Mm. Thankfully, that person did not ask for their job back, but could you imagine if we had to to do that because we screwed up the interview process? Yes. If people are currently going through alcohol issues or drug issues or any of that stuff, I'm not saying to judge them, but if it's very recent, the likelihood that of relapse when something is recent that they're dealing with is very high. And you can say, I want to give somebody a chance and I want to do this and I want to do that. When people reveal their character to you, listen. Like, plain and simple, when their character is revealed, believe them. A lot of us don't want to believe them. A lot of us think, oh, we'll change that and it's going to be okay. And it's not a big deal. It's a massive deal in our business. Anytime that you have to like rapidly let people go, instantly it causes so much stress, so much drama, so much BS. You invested a bunch of time on hiring that person and growing and developing them and getting them ready to be a good coach. And then within one decision, they are gone. And it's something that you can't prepare for. It's something that you can't control, which is like the worst feeling as a business owner. But if you go back to your hiring process, in my situation, 100% preventable. And to Dustin's point, that person revealed their character when they're willing to show up intoxicated under the influence they obviously lack the emotional intelligence to know that's not okay and they will do it again. If you have a coach that sleeps with a client and you go, it's okay, don't do it again. They're gonna sleep with another client. And then what's the line? They're gonna do it again because that is their character. So when somebody reveals their character, believe them. That is one of the biggest lessons that I have had to learn as
0: a business owner. And here's the thing, like Matt said, he's got more people on the floor. He's got four coaches someone could cover. So to my gym owners, where you got one coach running the morning block and one running the evening, they make up such a massive percentage of your team. What if they sleep in because they they went, were drinking too late and now the whole morning session didn't happen? I've had that too. It's, a, it's all related to alcohol. And people are like, I'm at the gym. It's 530. No one's here to open the gym. That's a risk for me for running a lean team. And you know why, again, you want to get to that point where you have two coaches. So you have a backup because someone does sleep through the alarm or someone does over and drink on a weekend and it's Monday morning, early sessions. Again, it's even more critical to pick the highest candidates you can for your business when you have a lean team, because they make such a big percentage of your business. All right, we're going to go to our next dark side of gym ownership. Matt, what's one that you got that you can think of?
1: I think the hardest ones that I've had to deal with is firing facility leaders or at the time we call them facility partners. And my struggle with that is I made them the face of the business. And then they do some things that are just unethical, can't be tolerated. And really, if you continue to allow them to be in their position, they're going to create a massive liability for you as a business owner. And you just have to make those tough decisions. But when you put somebody as the face of your business and then you have to let them go, there is definitely a lot of downstream effects too that that you have to deal with. But a lot of it is preventable because if I look back at the people I've ever had to fire that I've made a facility leader, a facility partner, they were not good fits. I either promoted them to keep the peace because they felt like they were the next in line. And if I didn't Give them the job, the position, then I know that they're going to be mad and cause a lot of issues inside of my business. But now knowing you got to look at people, are they the right people? Meaning, do they live the core values? And then are they the right seat? Meaning, do they get it, want it, and have the capacity to be able to do that role? And if the answer is no, you can't promote them. Every person that I've ever promoted, yes, it it caused short term relief in the sense that they're not mad, they're not upset we have somebody in that position, but it created way more long-term pain because they just weren't the right person. So again, listening to your gut. If your gut says they're not the right person, regardless of your relationship, regardless of their tenure, regardless of their feelings, your job as the CEO is to protect your business. No matter what, you need to protect your business. And don't even think of yourself as a business owner. So this is a mindset that I've really crafted over the last year. Don't think of yourself as the business owner because sometimes when you think of yourself as the business owner, emotions start to get in the way and logic is not there. Instead, see yourself as the CEO of the business. And your job is to do right by the business as the CEO, logically, not emotionally, but logically. So logically, I knew that I shouldn't promote these people. I knew that they weren't the right people, but emotionally I promoted them. And then guess what? I suffered massively because of making emotional decisions that weren't right for the business because I was allowing friendship and tenure and people's feelings and wanting to make people happy more important than the success of the business. And then guess what? All those things that you were trying to prevent, come back 10 times worse. Guess what? You're miserable. You're hurting. You're in pain because you didn't want to cause short-term temporary pain as a business owner. So start thinking of yourself as a CEO and you need to do what's right for your business and you'll start making better decisions.
0: And I've been there too. I promoted people just because we're friends call it politics but maybe i just spent more time on them so i saw or with them so i saw more of what they could be their potential that's the dangerous side of you being a coach and an optimist is you will just see the good and you'll disregard the bad to your point you almost got to force yourself to look at all the red flags and fight your wiring and say why won't they work out why won't it be a good fit i've had again family that I brought into a business, which I'll get into later, but I've definitely promoted people because like you said, seniority, hey, they've been here. It's been two years. It's been three years. Is that a measurement of success? And it's no, their skills and their traits are a measurement of a success. Do they live our core values and do they have the skills to do that role? If you, if they walked in cold to apply for that role, would you put them in? And if the answer is no, then just don't put them in. You don't have to feel pressured to grow people within your business into a seat that you've had opened up. You should definitely be grooming them and growing them. But if they're not ready now, don't force it. You, you can wait until they're ready. It does, uh, Just like we say in sales, a no now means not right now. It could be in the future. Maybe you'll develop in a year or so.
1: And those skills that we're talking about are the ability to lead and manage others. But when I look at the people that I promoted, one, the, the skill set wasn't there, but it, there was massive character flaws massive red flags in character. And when you promote people that have character problems, those character problems get worse. Because with that, they feel like they have power, they have ego, they start acting out even more. And now they have influence over your team too, even more than they did before. But here's the other thing. When you promote these people that maybe aren't living your core values, that aren't they know that they shouldn't be promoted or they know that they're getting promoted because they have favor with you, you actually start losing the respect of your team as well. Mm-hmm. You look like a wuss to your team. They go, you're not doing what's right for the business. You're not doing what's right for us. And they see it and they might not say it to your face, but they're saying it behind your back. I guarantee it because that was some of the biggest mistakes that that I made and have had a massive bad influence on our culture. And then it takes six to 12 months to overcome that before you feel like, okay, things are good again. So again, preventable things. And we're sharing our stories because they are preventable. And these are common mistakes that we all make.
0: Absolutely. All right, I'm going to go. You just don't
1: post them on the internet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely not at the time that they happen. You're going to definitely have clients put two and two together. And just even legally, you can't just be throwing people under the bus. And so you got to do things the right way, which is hard when you want to explain yourself. The client's like, why is this person gone? What's going on? You're like, I legally cannot. I'm forgetting what the word is, but you just can't throw people under the bus. So, yeah. What I'm gonna share is client or sorry, team members stealing cash. If you have like cash in your gym, you don't have a register, which most gyms don't, unless you're a big box gym. You got like an envelope where you throw the money until it gets to a certain point. Someone needs to go do a cash drop. Then you start reconciling your books and you're finding out some of it's disappearing. And somebody took a 20 to go get some lunch and they said they're gonna go get some toilet paper for the gym, but then they kept the change and just a little bit here and a little bit there, it starts disappearing. And again, this is something that I've learned. You need to have one person who's responsible for the money. If everybody's got access to it and they see that you're not going in there and checking it out. Who's going to notice this $5 bill gone? Now, to me, that's definitely an integrity problem and a core value problem. Like The right person would see that and they wouldn't take it, but that means you brought the wrong person in. And so luckily that doesn't happen anymore. And you know, again, that that was when I didn't have my hiring processes dialed in. So that one's just really not preventable unless you want to get, again, an actual register and one person has access to it. But I do think one person should have the main access to the money, know where it is and need to make change and do cash drops. Don't have the whole team having access to that. So again, that's something to know as well.
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because you're talking about stealing and it reminded me of a story. We had a client, this was at our very first location way back in the day. And our toilet paper was just running out super fast in that location and we could not grasp like, where is the toilet paper going? This makes no sense whatsoever. And what was happening is this client after their sessions, she would come in and she had a trench coat on. She's got a trench coat on. And we started putting two to two together because she'd go into the bathroom with her trench coat on. and Yes. And then one of our coaches had to confront her. And it was like, I need you to open your coat. And she <laughs> she had all the toilet paper in that bathroom. So we started limiting the rolls that we would put in the bathroom because we're like, yeah. these things are disappearing. But sure enough, under the trench coat, She was the toilet paper bandit, man. And uh, we had to obviously let that client go. But it's just crazy things like that, that you just never know is going to happen. Never in a million years that I think we're going to have to fire a client for stealing our toilet paper. But we're talking, and that was before COVID, before toilet paper yes. was all the rage. I was going
0: to say, that happened to me during COVID. Our clients yeah. were literally stealing toilet paper at all locations because the news was saying it's going away and you can't get it. So yeah, that, that's funny. But yeah, th- those are the wacky things that happened.
1: <laughs> They're just really funny. So we had an admin that would come in afterwards and she saw the facility leader leave with a couple things of supplements. And then she looks into the system to see if he paid for them and he didn't pay for them. And she called him out and he's, Oh, I was going to come back. I'm going to pay for him. And it was just like, Okay, that's really weird. And we're like, Okay, honest mistake. No big deal. It's only a couple things of supplements. And sometimes we get lured into the, it's only a couple things of supplements. Yeah. So this person all along was always like, he wanted everything in writing. He wanted every legal, he wanted everything to be fair. He wanted like anything that was like an injustice. He wanted it addressed and different things like that the whole time he was there. And then eventually we had him go because he just kept doing stuff that wasn't right. So we let him go. And at the time we had legal agreements with our Facility leaders, but somebody on his team was taking care of that. He didn't sign his legal agreement on purpose, mm-hmm. and then he went on the street and opened up and took like two hundred. Wow. Uh, so at the time, the only people that I had a legal agreement from an employment agreement with was the facility leaders because they could do the most amount of damage to us. So we had a strong non-compete. And we were going to enforce it with them because they're getting paid a lot of money. And we were making them the face of the business. So the things that this person wanted and he was worried about, the people that are most worried about being screwed over, I have found are the people that are going to screw you over. They have character problems. They have character flaws. And they project just yeah. keep that in mind. But also, if you do have legal agreements and stuff in place for a reason, make sure that they're signed by both parties or else they're not a formal legal agreement. And that cost us probably $400,000 a year that location because of that mistake on our end. But obviously, again, character problem, never should have promoted that person, was an issue from the very beginning. But because the, he was like the senior person on the team, and it ended up harming our business. So, just a few other things to, to look out for as a leader when you go through those things.
0: Well, hopefully, you guys are getting value from this. And if you feel like there's other gym owners that can benefit from these lessons, I'm just gonna take a quick mid session here to say, share it to them. Tell tell them you gotta listen to this. There's some good lessons, and that's again my little call out to the listeners. But I'm gonna I'm gonna share with one as well here. This has happened to me multiple times. And this is the gym being broken into and the client's cars being broken into. And these are nice neighborhoods, like the annual household incomes, a hundred K plus. These are not like rundown areas, but sometimes criminals will come to net worth a place where there's high net worth individuals. Cause they know there's a lot of nice stuff. They can go and steal. And so while their sessions happening, bam, they elbow the window, they grab stuff. It was a smash and grab and they're gone. That's tough because you're not the landlord. You don't own the parking lot and the property. And so there's not a whole lot you can do. You could put some cameras up, but like we had to ask the landlord, can you get security in here, especially if it's reoccurring, it's happened. We've had homeless kind of coming through one of them, a couple of my shopping centers. And so we had to say, okay, this is making people uncomfortable when they're coming and going through the doors and you're sitting right here and you're hanging out, you're sleeping, you're laying on the ground. And again, just not having control of your shopping center. And just, again, if you feel like these are things that are happening, I would say just be the, be that person that's blowing up the landlord's email. Like they're the one that obviously controls if the shopping center has a security guard, if there's cameras, if there's any signs, you could also call the local police to ask them to, can they make this part of their route a little bit more often? And they've often said, there's nothing we can do with homeless people. Like they're not breaking a law if they just lay down and sleep somewhere. Like there's just nothing you can do. So these are some things that have happened. And then my my gym's actually being broken into. There was a time a coach was actually showing up to the first session of the day, and there's a guy bear hugging a TV. He had smashed the glass front door and he just grabbed all the electronics because this was like a warehouse gym. So I was like surprised they picked it because the only way to turn the lights, you had to go to the other end of the gym and walk through a pitch black gym. And so we're like, well, this is one of the worst places to rip off. So they just got all the electronics at the front, the iPad, the computer, and the TV. So burglars holding onto a TV. The other guy is double grabbing two protein jugs. So it's funny you bring that up. I was like, of all the things they want protein, I was like, these were bodybuilders. We could catch these criminals. Just go to the local big box gyms and we'll find the guys that match this description. So they just lobbed the stuff into the back of their their getaway van, which they had backed up to the door. They shut, they jumped in and they zoomed off like, and the coach was just frozen. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know if they're armed. I told them like, you didn't need to do anything. You didn't know, go try to catch these guys. And we call the cops or whatever, but this is something that again, happened in some pretty good neighborhoods. These are not again, like terrible neighborhoods. And these are things to be mindful of. Make sure that I really like your ideas. Make sure you got cameras. You can get like the nest cameras or like a security system for pretty inexpensive, $40 or under a month. I don't think it's got to break the bank. And then just, I would personally probably even try to tint out or somehow block out the front windows because a lot of times, even your clients, they don't like people looking in and they can see them working out or being in uncomfortable environments. Like you don't want your clients deadlifting and pointing their butts towards the window. That's all glass and everybody's looking at it. Like probably for your client's experience, it'd be even better. But that way, just people can't be peeking in and seeing what's in there and just ripping you off. So that was a couple war stories to share. Hey guys, it's Dustin Bogle with the Fitness Empire and we want to connect with you on social media. So Matt and I are asking you to either friend us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and we'll follow you back. But you want to search our name, Dustin Bogle or Matt Wilbur, and here's what we want to do for you. We wanna help you with your biggest pain point in your business. So send us a DM, tell us what that big pain point or struggle is, and we'll share with you whatever we've done when it comes to that pain point in our own business, all right? So again, go on Facebook, Instagram, search Dustin Vogel, Matt Wilbur, connect, and let us help you grow your business. Have you ever had that, Matt?
1: Not, actually we have been broken into once at one of our locations. So one of the things that we do is we limit cash on hand, right? So once cash gets above a certain amount, that has to be deposited. Example is during Big Gift season, which is our our charity, like we raise money and people donate money. And once it gets above a certain level, it has to be deposited. It can't be sitting there because then it becomes a potential liability inside of your locations. The good thing about most gyms, right, is we don't have anything people want. People don't want to go carry out dumbbells and kettlebells and that sounds like a lot of work, but they would want your electronics. So some simple things that you could potentially think about doing, which now that we're talking about this, I'm just going to do, even if you don't have cameras put, there's like stickers that say there's cameras here and people aren't going to want to mess with your business if they know that. So that is just an easy preventable way of not having people be able to like want to mess with your business. It's if you own a house and you're like, we have assault rifles in our house you will be you will be harmed if you walk in a robber is probably going to not do they're going to go to a different house they don't want to mess with you so if you look like an easy target then they will will target your business for sure i would recommend cameras like even where we have cameras we don't have cameras in the workout space we a couple of them we did we have cameras in the lobbies where we have our stuff that's easily stealable, right? That's where our supplements are. That's where the cash is. That's where the most likely fraud of any kind is going to take place. So there is cameras inside of there, which cameras just prevent people from doing that. So if you go into a retail center, where are cameras? The majority of cameras are on the checkouts. I used to work at Home Depot. We had cameras on the self-checkouts and we had cameras on we could see inside of the drawers of the cash registers. So Mm -hmm. if a cashier wanted to try to do something, you could see their every move of what they're able to do. And just knowing that those exist, people are less likely to do something really stupid during that time.
0: Got it. All right. What's another horror story? Oh
1: man, this one hurts the most. I, I think in general, the theme here that people do need to realize is You're going to have ultra highs followed by ultra lows. That's just the cold, hard truth. Every time that we've done something amazing in our business and we're like, oh, that was freaking awesome. The next day or within a week, I get news where it's just, man, like that just sucks the living soul out of you. And you go, why do we even do this? This is, I can't stand the highs and the lows, right? That's why mental. So two, two stories of highs and lows for the big give we raised $281,000 we helped 1,152 kids have christmas we were at myers and we're shopping for these kids and then i get a email informing me that we're being sued because a client got injured in one of our locations and the lawsuit is completely bogus of what they're doing they're like Our insurance told them like decline their claim because we have the legal agreements in place. So one, make sure that you have your legal agreements in place. That is absolutely critical. Have a lawyer do that. That'll be the best $250 that you actually spend. Don't just find one off the internet or chat GPT and think it's going to cover you. But they basically filed like really crazy claims to get outside of the legal agreement. And now it's just mess. And it's been going on for six, six plus months. Um, It's just a crazy situation, but think of, Hey, we're shopping, we're doing all this stuff. And then, Oh, you're getting sued. Okay, great. Another example, we're known for throwing epic client parties. Now, when I say epic, we're talking 60 to hundred thousand dollars spent on these parties celebrating our clients which I don't recommend because the return is just not there but some of that they pay for a ticket so I don't think we're like taking 60 to eight hundred thousand dollars out of our profit to to throw these parties that would be just really dumb to do but every party for the first five years something would always happen that you go why did we do this why are we even throwing these parties so I'm just going to give you a few things. When you have alcohol involved, people do dumb shit. Yes. Plain and simple, right? Hopefully, you're not the one doing dumb stuff when you have alcohol involved. But when you give your coaches alcohol, when you give clients alcohol, that is not a great combination. So, the first two years that we did parties, like clients would get super drunk and just try to inappropriately dance on our coaches and even have some married women trying to co- kiss our coaches. Like just crazy, inappropriate stuff that you just wouldn't think would yeah. would happen. But again, you put alcohol there, you put them in a different environment and crazy things start to happen. Coaches getting drunk. I had facility leader one year passed out behind the coat rack at the place. So when you walk in, it's a really nice place. You got the coat racks and then you have the main entrance and we found him passed out drunk and obviously he's like, dude, you got to go. And uh, anyways, that person many years in a row did lots of things like this. And then we just, ah, oh, like, we'll get over it. But then eventually there was a massive falling out with this person, which wouldn't have been so massive. If we just let him go when all this dumb stuff happened. One year, that same person was drunk on stage with a mic. So at our parties, what we would use them to do too is client testimonials. So when the party was... Like I do my thing on stage, we do awards, we do all that stuff. And then I'm done the rest of the night. I'm in a separate room and I'm interviewing clients and getting footage. And it's towards the end of the night. It's like midnight. We need to shut down. And he's as drunk as you possibly can be just saying dumb stuff on the mic. And I have to come and take the mic away. And it's just, but the thing with that, this person was a facility leader. What do you think the clients think of them like the next day when they're like, hey, you need to do blah, blah, blah. And then what do your teammates think of that person as their leader? They don't respect that person anymore. One year, a coach was in a client's room and gave that client drugs and puts the drugs in the client's mouth and says, choose swallow. Those words will be echoing in my ears for a long time. That was like five years ago and I can still remember. So that Monday, so that client ends up in the hallway at two o'clock in the morning, like hallucinating. I don't remember what it was that was given to that client, but two o'clock in the morning and obviously the client's like super embarrassed. So she's not not trying to really draw attention to it, but it was brought to our attention on a Monday. So that was a Saturday night. We learn on a Monday and then we have to go in and fire that person. And the last one of the client's parties is that's that same. No, it was the next year after that same location. That, that location had a lot of stuff. <laughs> Actually, is. all everyone I'm talking about right now came out of that location. If I'm being honest, we had team members staying clients rooms, nothing inappropriate necessarily, but stayed in the rooms for the night because they didn't want to buy hotel rooms. And I'm like, All it takes is a client to be like, oh, they did something inappropriate. Even if they didn't, you are putting yourself at risk for a liability of some aspect. But again, not thinking those things out when you're 22, 23, 24, 25, you can be a little bit naive, right? And put yourself in bad situations. So what we had to do every year after that, once we knew a client party was coming, we pretty much have a not to-do list. This is our expectations of you. This is your reputation. You can ruin it in a moment. You only have one last name. Don't ruin it, right? If you can't handle alcohol and behave yourself, don't drink alcohol. This is a professional team event that is for the clients. This is not an event for you to get drunk and get wasted and do stupid stuff. So us coming in with that mentality this year, we had nothing happen. Thank God. Nothing happened this year. And we had a few team members like, oh man, I was expecting like some craziness. I was like, the reason why there wasn't any craziness is because we're so strong about our messaging of expectations of what not to do because the kiss of death is when you assume that people just won't behave a certain way. I would assume that no one would do that. Never assume, make sure you're very clear. So every year we got a list, we go in, I have to be a Johnny hard ass to the team <laughs> and say, don't be that person. But I would much rather be Johnny hard ass to the team than have to go in on Monday and fire somebody for doing something really dumb yes. in ruining their career. Yeah.
0: All right. That's definitely a serious one. And so, yeah, guys, if you plan gatherings, group dinners, group parties, this is a great thing. Again, reset those expectations and say you're representing the brand, you're representing the company. Let's all put on our professional hat. Don't want to stop you from having fun, but let's think these things through. Right. One that definitely stings me to this day, if I'm being honest, is partnerships gone wrong. And my first gym, I don't even know if you know this, Matt, my first gym was called Kokomo Fitness. It was beach theme. And I had these a beach mural painted on there. And the reason we had to do that is my mom, I saved up half the money to open my first gym. And then my mom was willing to give me the other half only if I went in business with my brother. That was her st- her terms. And so I just said, yes, just because I want to get my gym open. I was training people in my garage. I got about 40 small group clients and I was just like, I want to be official and get into a brick and mortar little spot, 1400 square feet. But I was excited and I went and did it. And the other term was she has to approve the name of the gym. So I'm sending her gym name after gym name. And no, I don't like that. I don't like that. And at one point I just got, we we wanted to do like a beach theme and I just got burned out. I just started throwing out all kinds of random crap. And she finally liked one. She's like, it's like that song from the Beach Boys. Okay, I'm okay if you call that. And at that point I was tapped out. I was like, whatever, let's just call it anything. I just want to get open. We had a funny shirt in it because... When you go to Hawaii, you get the lay. I had a t-shirt that actually said, I got laid at Kokomo Fitness. So now that we're talking about all this inappropriate (laughs) stuff, (laughs) the owner can get away with that stuff. But obviously that's not something I would want to put on a shirt these days. But uh, but yeah, so anyways, the pain comes from me and my brother running this business. And we both just had two different opinions about how the business should be ran. And one of the major fights we got in was We used to have the five gallon water where you got to put the jug and then people go and get their water and we'd run to the gas station down the street and refill it. And we were starting to get enough clients that we were going down there two to three times a week to put a dollar in the machine, put the $5 jug and stand there and watch it refill. And I was losing my mind. I'm like, this is not what being a business owner is about. So I call Sparklets and I find out they'll come and they'll do the amount of refills we need for 60 bucks a month. And I said, oh my God, this is amazing. Did I crunch the numbers on how much we were spending? No, I just heard to get out of my pain cost $60 done. I will find a way to make that measly amount of money. I bring this concept to my brother and he says, hell no. Like, I don't want to spend that much. We probably spend half of that. So he does the numbers. He actually finds out we spend $25 doing it ourselves. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And so what do you do when you're 50, 50 partners and you're fighting over a measly $40 decision? And so I just had that. And then I had multiple others where I finally saw this is not going to work out. I saw the writing on the wall about 18 months in. I was like, this isn't going to work out. I need to go and I need to do my own gym. And I tried to do it the right way. I said, you keep all the clients, you keep all the cash in the company account. And I'm literally going to another city. I'm choosing to drive further away because I live down the street from this first gym. This was like a lifestyle place for me to go down the street. I said, you get it all, but I have to go off and do my own place because I see that we're not going to be able to be working here. We're just, we're butting heads. That did not mean I don't love you. That did not mean I don't want to see you for Christmas. That did not mean I want to not see you at my kid's birthday party, but that's what he heard. And so to this day, again, we don't talk. So this was like a terrible falling out and it all led to a business decision that a lot of people choose to go into. They go into partnerships with family. I tell people, Going into business with a family, I've seen it work immensely well, and I've seen it work completely awful. And I have experiences of both because my wife is involved in both my businesses and it goes great. And we work together, we make a great team. We also have different strengths, so we complement each other. Where him and I were both coaches with two different opinions about how to grow the business. That's not going to go very far. And I've heard that from multiple gym owners, like me and this guy, we're buddies, me and this guy, we're brothers, me and this guy, we're cousins, and we're both coaches, we should go into business together. So I'm here to tell you, do not, you need to have different strengths. You need to complement each other. One's really good at marketing and sales. The other one's good at coaching, something like that to really go in and have a strong partnership. We also didn't know how to establish those rules on the front end. And that's a reoccurring theme is that like, we didn't, I literally didn't have a piece of paper saying what we're going to do, which is just figure it out these are things that happen. And I just don't want it to happen to other people. Partnership's gone wrong. Hopefully that's a horror story that saves other people from going through that too.
1: Yeah. I would say clear roles and responsibilities and you have to complement each other's strengths in some aspect of the business. Like you can't both be good at the same thing, but also an alignment of vision, like where are we going? How do we want to operate our business? Like all that stuff has to be in place or it's a, ticking time bomb that's about to go off, but also Dustin's like temporary gain. I got my gym. I got, I'm going, obviously had to have some stipulations and things in place that maybe weren't ideal and we're optimists. Oh, we'll make it work. I've found that as an optimist, you have to really start looking at what's the downside. What are the ramifications of the decision six, 12, 18 months from now? because we are optimists and we do believe in ourselves and we do believe that we'll figure it out. And we do. And here's a big mistake. We believe that people have the same integrity, the same character, the same rationalizations that we make that we think that they live inside of that world and they don't, people don't think like you do. So you just have to realize that when we talk about the dark side of the fitness industry is the fact that we're all different. It's a blessing and a curse. The greatest thing in our business is people and the hardest thing in our business is people. That's just the cold, hard truth. And oftentimes, the ugly side of people rears its head and even dealing with like clients. so Some of the hard things for me is the people that I have done the very most for, broke my back for, gone above and beyond, like they needed money, I gave them money. They needed a car repair, I paid for it. Like I've even paid for a a family member's funeral
0: yeah, I'm out of generous, my own pocket. Man. You're very generous,
1: right? Like those people, though, on the back end that I have found of like being over generous to, it actually harms them when you're over generous. It sets unrealistic expectations, and it just you're always going to save them. They actually don't learn how to help themselves because you're like the safety blanket. It's like the parent that just always bails their kid out. The kid never learns. And it causes a dysfunctional human being as that person grows up. And I've done that for a lot of team members. And then eventually when you have to potentially let them go because of really bad behavior, then you are the worst human being on planet earth. And you would think that you like, stole from them, you harmed their family, the ways that they end up talking about. You. It's like a tantrum that a kid has when you tell them no, right? But I would say be kind, be loving, take care of your team when when it makes sense, do it for the right reasons, but know that eventually like it's not reciprocated. It just it has never been reciprocated on the back end in any capacity. So do it for the right reasons. Do it because you want to do it, but know that if the relationship ends, it will not be remembered all the things that you did. They will only remember the things that they feel that they've been victimized. And that is just the cold, hard truth and the dark side of human beings. And it's the same thing with clients. Like I've been heartbroken of the level that we've gone for some clients and then Something happens, a team member has to be let go or whatever it may be, or you have to enforce a policy inside of your company, and then you become like public enemy number one. And you're just like, all the things that I did for you for five years, this one thing is now I'm public enemy number one, and you want to run my name through the mud, and you want to talk crap about me, and you want to post on social media, and you want to tell anybody that will listen how awful of a human being that I am! I am, and honestly, I've talked to so many gym owners that kind of feel this way. Where it's like, what did what happened? Like, how can I do this much for a human being, and then they're saying these things on the back end, right? And that's just the fact of the matter. And then the other thing is, we're dealing with clients that can get highly emotional, and they're going to say stuff to you that will absolutely kill your morale and question should I even be in this business? And that's just the truth. So I remember one time we were filming something and I had to be here at five o'clock in the morning and the five o'clock session ends and I'm behind the desk and I'm talking to clients and this client walks up and says, you're ruining my life. And I just smile because I'm like, okay, what? I thought they were kidding, right? And she's like, no, I'm serious. And looks at me like just, laser beam through my face. And I'm like, okay, can you tell me what does that mean? And she's, you're sending me emails at three o'clock in the morning and it's ruining my sleep and it's affecting my life. And I'm like, I've never sent an email at three o'clock in the morning in my life. I'm like, I'm really sorry if that's happening. I'm going to check the CRM because I have no idea why that would be happening, but I'm really sorry that's happening. In my mind, I'm like, hey, how about you turn off notifications on your phone so you're not getting a message at but throughout the decades there's always those moments where you're just like man or you get the crappy email or you get the cancellation or you get the and you're just like am I even good at what I do and then the downstream effect of that is guess what you the last thing you want to do after you do that hey let me go Market hey let me go sell because it's oh I suck now let me go be convicted about that we change and impact people's lives when you're being told that you're that you suck and, and that is a downside of this business is every week you're going to at least get one or two types of messages that make you question everything so what I've had to learn is just protect myself I don't get the messages from clients I don't yes. I just don't unless it's absolutely critical that I need to be involved my team that takes care of it because I don't need to be take if it's a billing issue it's not my problem if it's a client is unhappy with something in the business we have people in our team that take care of it so I've had to learn to also protect my mental state and not put myself to be getting those inputs. Now, I don't want to bury my head in the sand and not have a clue of what's happening inside of my business. But 95% of it, my team is on top of and can take care of. And if I took in every phone call, every email, every message on Facebook, and a lot of it's going to be negative because human beings aren't very good at showing appreciation and telling you when you're doing a good job. So a lot of times when you are getting emails and you're getting messaging from people, it's because something's wrong. So if you mentally can't handle that and that gets you off your game, then you need to delegate that away to somebody else that can handle those things and only keep you in the loop on stuff that is mission critical that you need to know.
0: One helpful tip I'll give the listeners, as I say to my team, be the gossip graveyard and the complaint killer. And what that means is like, when you come to gossip to me, I'm the place where gossip comes to die. I am the gossip grave. I will not spread it. Where this continues to perpetuate as if a client says something negative, and then I retell it to a team member who retells it to a team member. And we're talking about a team meeting. And I'm like, this person is sucking up our energy and our focus. I don't want you guys to do this. No retelling and sharing negative stories. We should share positive stories. Now, here's the exceptions. Like, it's good feedback. It needs to be passed off. But let's be honest 90 percent of the negative stuff we say is like that it's low quality problems it's low ticket problems these are things that should not be repeated to team members and that you should just have be the place where they go to die once i hear that complaint i solve mm-hmm. it no one else is going to hear about it i'm the gossip graveyard and i'm the complaint killer meaning someone complains of me i solve it done i killed it i'm not going to re- reverberate it out to the team because again that has, like you said, downstream effects. The more I spread it, I'm not helping by spreading the gossip and perpetuating it. So again, that's a good framework for you to adopt and to teach to your team.
1: And I think too, when we when that gossip graveyard starts happening or complaints start happening, especially when it's talking about other people like attacking their character and who they are as a person, and I can't believe that they would do that, that doesn't solve anything. So one of the things that helps is detach the person from the action. Is there an action that we need to address? Let's do that, but let's not talk about other people. Like that is just, yes, that would just kill the vibe uh, of your locations. And then two, I've said this before. Whatever you say in private will see the light of day. So if you are talking negative about people or you're keeping that cycle going, eventually it's going to make it out to the world. And do you want that to be made out to the world? I would say probably not. So just be careful with those types of conversations.
0: All right. I got one more I'm going to share, and that is getting a cease and desist on that new gym that I went and opened. So talk about getting hammered early on in your entrepreneur career. So I move on. I choose a new name at the time. I'm hearing a lot about the afterburn effect. So I choose to call it afterburn personal training and a year within turning to opening that gym. I get a cease and desist from someone that had afterburn fitness and they were suing all the gyms across the country that had afterburn in the title. Cause I guess they trademarked it and they did not want anybody else to be able to use it. And so I call my, I call their lawyer and I'm like, is this legit? Come on. And they're like, no, he, they got deep pockets and they're going after they have 10 open suits across the country. And I go to their website, I'm like super professional. And I'm like, they're in a very ritzy part of California. I'm like, it's probably legit. So i talked to my lawyer and he's it's gonna probably cost you 10 to 15 grand to to fight and at the time that was the cost of a franchise that we both know that i ended up joining at and so it was weighing that decision i was like should i fight it 10 grand 10 15 grand should i join this franchise and so that was within two years the third brand name that i ended up (laughs) adopting and Uh... again Here's what I did do. I did go through the state. I did go through the city. I did all the things they tell you to do, but one thing I didn't check was trademark. And so again, lesson there guys make sure because it's a pain in the neck. I actually just had to help another owner that that went through this and they just didn't check the trademark. And so you you never know, like they might be cool and they're not going to chase people down, but they could be just jerks and they sue any person they see that has that. And again, unfortunately, most of the names that people come up with have been used in fitness. So if you are going to pick something that's used a lot, make sure you go and you double check on that. So that's another lesson that I've got for the audience to learn.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's another $250 preventable mistake, right? Just pay. If you don't know how to do that stuff, pay your lawyer to say, Hey, can I use this name? And they can go look for that for you. I, I just have two that somewhat related, but not listening to your gut. I've said that a thousand times, but every mistake that I've made, like I knew it was a bad decision going into it. For example, we bought three, three locations in January, 2020. And one of the locations like, I just don't know. I don't think we should do it. It didn't feel right. But I listened to a few people that were overly eager to keep growing. And we went for it in a big, massive mistake. Obviously, hiring someone, red flags. We talk about that a lot. If somebody's got red flags, don't hire them. Promoting somebody that's not the right person. And then ultimately trying to make people happy with making decisions, right? So listen to your gut. Always listen to your gut. And if you got a crappy gut, find somebody on your team that you trust that can help you with decisions. The last one for me is getting too emotionally invested into teammates. And it goes back to a few things that I said, but you are not there to be their best friend. Like you can care for them. You can ultimately love your team and want to give them opportunities. And if they are struggling, be there to help support them emotionally. I want to be there to help them financially. I've done that just way too many times because it's just overly generous and it actually ends up hurting the relationship versus helping it. Because if you do it once, guess what? They try to come back to the well over and over again and then eventually you go no and then guess what you're a freaking asshole you're a jerk you're this you're that it almost becomes that they feel entitled that you're supposed to help them when you get too close to emotionally invested in teammates cloud your judgment around that person you don't see all the things that maybe they're doing wrong or you do and you just overlook it because of your relationship with that person may limit your ability to be their boss or them respecting you as their boss. so I, for a few years, I got too close to teammates. My twin brother, who was like my right-hand person, got overly invested in too many teammates. And that clouded a lot of judgment and decisions on some people and just giving them way too many chances, to be honest, because of that relationship which again, you start losing respect because people see them not doing the right things. People see that they are getting extra chances that no one else is getting. And that starts creating problems and rumor mills inside of your locations. So I'm not saying don't care for your team. You need to care for your team, but you need to be careful of how you care for your team and getting too emotionally invested into your team. And you need to start seeing yourself again as the CEO of the business. So you need to do what, It takes for the business to win how the business wins is by taking care of your team but there definitely is a line that can be crossed where it starts to become unhealthy and not good for the business and not good for you and then long term has devastating consequences ask me how i know
0: Guys, we don't want to just sit here and share all these struggles we went through. Honestly, it was hard for me and Matt because we both agree we're optimistic and we like we've moved on from this stuff like we've forgotten it and we actually have to sit down and put pen to paper and think back. And I think that, again, if you're optimistic, which a lot of entrepreneurs are, you're probably wired the same way. You just get over stuff. But ask yourself, am I going too quickly where I'm not actually going back and like putting some structures in place so this doesn't happen again? And that is hiring the lawyer to do something that is putting systems in place. It is putting it on your onboardings like then you can move on. So like that was my mistake is I got over it and I moved on. And then another thing happened and I moved on another thing happened. And then finally, I had to hit a wall where it's like I don't have a system in place. So this stops happening. And I had to go back and do that. So that's really what we want to stop and share with you. But we also want to bring up things around mindset. So, Matt, I know you have some tips about when they're going through these storms. How can they change their mindset to to weather it?
1: Yeah, so mindset of weathering it, but also just mindset of how you approach some of these things. So I've said this before. So a few things are just repeats. When people reveal their character, believe them. We want to believe in the best in people. And ultimately, people reveal their character and they're going to repeat that character. People are who they are. Now, as business owners, we tend to be like, we're growing, we're improving, we're getting better. 10% of the population is growth mindset. They have a growth mindset, meaning that we are actively pursuing the greatest version of ourselves. And typically, that's in the entrepreneurial space. The average person is not doing that. Yes, I've made so many mistakes, but I go, I made a mistake. I'm going to reflect on it to get the lesson. I'm never going to do that again. Now, because maybe you are wired that way, you're like, they'll learn their lesson, they'll get better because they want to be the greatest versions of themselves. And that's not how people are wired, unfortunately. So just realize that, that most people's character is unmoldable once they get to a certain age. The next thing is just do things for the right reason. That's it. If you do things for the right reason, even when you get burned, even when you're like, man, I did this for them, and. Th- if you're holding a grudge and you're keeping score of what you've done for people, then you're actually not giving, you're receiving You're you. if you give with an expectation that is not giving that is trying to receive just realize that or it's manipulation. So once you give have no expectation of anything in return and regardless of how things shake out, you'll feel fine about it and you'll be able to move on. Be empathetic. Obviously, sometimes when people screw you over and things happen, it's really hard to be empathetic. But realize that sometimes when people have a lot of things going on, they're just in survival mode and they make the really bad decisions. So I tried to actually turn the tide and be like empathetic of what must that person be going through for them to act this way or behave this way or take that action what's going on in their life. And when I'm empathetic about what's going on in their life, then I'm less upset about what's happening to me. It doesn't make it right. It's still oftentimes an injustice, but sometimes if you can just be a little bit more empathetic for people of what they're going through, it makes things a little bit easier. Sometimes we get into the should game. They should have done this and they should have done that. And they they shouldn't behave that way. They should know better. All should equals shame. Just Don't go down that path. All you're doing is creating negative states inside of your life, inside of your business that just is unnecessary. And just realize we all make mistakes. One of the things that is one of my pet peeves, especially for our frontline leaders, is when when they come down on one of their teammates for making the same mistake of something that they've made in the past, but they act like they've never done that before. Sometimes we have a short history of ourselves. And we don't realize, hey, we all made those same mistakes too. We don't need to come down on people so hard and, and give them the opportunity to get better. And you may like, that's contradictory to what you just said. There's nuance to this game. There's some things that are massive character issues. If somebody lies to your face, that's a character problem. That's not being fit. Because I you'll see it repeated over and over and over and over again, right? If somebody makes a mistake and they don't follow one of your SOPs Like it's not the end of the world. You can fix that. There's a difference in what I'm trying to say. The thing that differentiates the super successful from not successful people is how quick can you move on? How low are your lows and how long are you in the lows? So when bad things happen, how long do you sit on it? And one of the things that has helped me is if it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes on it. I'm going to say that again. If it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes on it. So you can be mad. You can be angry. You can be frustrated. You can be upset. You can have every negative emotion you want. You got five minutes. Be a baby. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Then move on. Because if it doesn't matter in five years, it really doesn't actually matter. For example, when, we, when I learned about the lawsuit, I was like, oh, what the hell? This sucks. Okay, I got a job to do. I had to shoot two videos that day. I needed to be around my team. I refocused myself on what actually matters, which was giving 1,152 kids Christmas and being able to go back and refocus on the positives. And the reason why this is important is because wherever your focus is, that's where your energy is going to go. We only have a finite amount of energy and a focus that we can have. So if you're focused on the negative stuff happening in your business, then you're not focused on growing your business and expanding, right? That's just the cold, hard truth. So with that, how quickly can you refocus on what matters? Right now, our number one objective in our business is 48 starting point sessions booked in every single location. If I'm worried about a lawsuit, if I'm worried about an angry, upset team member, an angry, upset client, and that's all I'm thinking about, and that's consuming my mind, then I'm not living in creativity and imagination and I'm not taking action towards how do I book 48 starting point sessions in my location? And a lot of us get distracted so easily. And part of that is because you're not clear on what your vision and your goals are. So with that, get right back on what is the mission? What is the most important thing inside of my business? And I need to focus my energy and time back on those things. So goals and vision aren't just about having a compelling where we're going. It's being able to refocus you pretty quick. And the last thing that I just want to share, which I think is the most powerful thing in the world is perspective. So much of the stuff that we worry about and we stress about don't freaking matter. And I want to give an example of this, a recent perspective. There was a 15 year old girl that recently just passed she had blood clots in her legs and the blood clots went to her lungs and she died and this is at a time that there's some things that we just sold two of our locations and there's some different things that are going on and people are worrying about different things and i go i have a healthy son i have a healthy wife i don't like it, it doesn't matter that gives me perspective. So have some perspective anchors in your life that just put you back into to reality where the things that are causing you the angst and the stress and making you feel like shit just think of some worst case scenarios. That's really tragic. That's really sad. That's what should stress you out. But if those things aren't happening, life is freaking good. You got breath in your lungs. You're breathing. Like that's what should matter. And I know a lot of people are kind of cliche with that, but like this week when things were a little bit challenging for me, I just thought about that family of that 15 year old girl and losing their kid. That's devastating. That's real shit. That's the spend more than five minutes on type of things. So oftentimes when we are just upsetting ourselves about the most trivial bullshit in our lives, it's because we're not putting things into perspective. Put things into perspective and that will change your focus and that will change what used to be a level 10 problem into a level one problem. So a lot of us spend time, energy and stuff on shit that's really a level one problem when you put it into the right perspective. And then when you see it as a level one problem, then it doesn't suck up as much time, energy and attention from you. So I know that's a little bit of a energy sucker at the ends. But it makes a massive difference in my life. And I know a lot of people that are successful that they have perspective anchors that are inside of their life that help just reshift their focus and get them back on what's actually important in life.
0: Well, we both knew this was gonna be a different episode going into the dark parts of being a gym owner and a business owner. So I think that again, the mindset tools that you gave there at the end are the right things to send people off with. So Guys, if this really resonated with you, send me and Matt a Matt DM on Instagram, and that way you could share your story. We want to hear your stories. What was it that you've gone through that maybe we didn't cover on this episode, your dark stories from being a business owner? Sometimes it's just a relief to get them off your shoulder and talk to somebody else in the industry because you can't talk to this about your, non, to your non-entrepreneur friends. They don't get it, right? They don't own a business. They don't know about all these issues you struggle with. So we definitely want to connect with you and hear about yours. Um, So if this episode resonated with you, please subscribe and please also share it on social media and tag me and Matt, because we want to hear and see who's listening and who's really getting value from this. And we're definitely thankful for your guys' time. Matt, anything else you want to send them off with? No, we
1: just love it. If you guys would share this, give us a review. We talk about stuff that I don't hear on any other podcasts. Yeah. And hopefully it's bringing value to your life. And the way that you thank us for doing that is just share it, like it, give us some reviews, let us know it's good. And we're high performers, but we like to hear when we're adding value to people's lives too. So any appreciation of how it's impacting you, we love to hear that gives us the energy to keep doing this and keep investing our time and energy to creating great content for you all.
0: All right, Empire Builders, we will see you next week. Later hey guys dustin bogle here and i wanted to invite you to my free group for gym owners it's called fitness sales made simple because i want to show you how to convert more of your leads into sales how to get more people to say yes to taking that leap of faith to join your program and to get healthy fit and more confident all right and so i'm going to share my best sales strategies but you got to join the group to see what it's all about and in fact the minute you join i'm going to give you a free gift. And that is a PDF called five ways to get more sales in your gym. So join the group. I'll tag you on the PDF and enjoy the free content. See you in the group.